We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey, everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Tuesday, November 27th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. With me today is Jake Latarski. Jake's with me every Tuesday, and it's time to check your free agent pool slash waiver wire. First, anything you want to talk about with Titans, Texans? QT got hurt. Demaryius Thomas caught two touchdowns. Mariota was good in a blowout. Deshaun Watson was really good, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, both quarterbacks played pretty well. Both are going to be obviously in play moving forward. Watson's going to be owned everywhere, but Mariota did not throw an incompletion, I think. Uh, so that was pretty wild. Uh, I guess that was just the trend that week following in the footsteps of Phillip Rivers. Right. But he's, he, he seems to be back, and, and um, Corey Davis has looked pretty good as well. I mean, as long as Mariota's healthy and he's right, Corey Davis will – will be a productive fantasy asset. I mean, I, I, the talk should be about the tight or the Texans and, and about Demarius Thomas coming back and catching two touchdowns, having a better fantasy day than Deandre Hopkins. But really there's some, there's some Titan 
fantasy implications here that I kind of like moving forward. I'm still intrigued by Derrick Henry, not ready to give up on him yet. What I don't understand was giving the ball to Luke Stocker on fourth down at the goal line <laughs> instead of Derrick Henry. Um, that was that was rough, but uh, remember Derrick Henry came on big at the end of last season, and maybe the same thing could happen, but the back to talk about was Lamar Miller. I mean, we showed that he could have a pretty crazy game uh, when need be. I mean, maybe he hears everyone calling, oh, maybe they just got to get Le'Veon Bell and they'll be a piece away from a Super Bowl team. He's like, hold on, guys. I can, I can still make something happen here. And he almost brought me back from an impossible deficit. So a lot of fantasy implications, a lot of things that are interesting about this game. Um, and the Texans look good. Texans look hot. They look like a team that can make the playoffs and possibly do some damage. Who would have thought Lamar Miller could run away from everybody on a 97-yard touchdown? I would not have thought that. Mm-hmm. Almost got caught at the end. There's a yes. defensive back that almost snuck up on him, but he was so close at that point that it was like, uh, yeah, pursuit drill. I remember doing that all the time in uh, in high school. And not fun on the defensive linemen, but the, those D-backs can make up ground quick. Who would have thought Johnny Smith could run away from everybody? Yeah, I mean, I don't think if anyone caught him, they would have been able to necessarily bring him down anyway. Right. He's a pretty powerful guy, and uh, we'll talk about him when we get to tight ends. But, uh, but man, I, I, who would have thought that uh, leaving Janu Smith on my bench in favor of Gronk would have been possibly the wrong decision this oh, week? Oh, that's a rough one. All right. Um, all our recommendations today, remember, if, if we talk about fab budgets, it's $100. If we talk about percent, we do 40% ownerships or less on Yahoo and ESPN, Yahoo and or ESPN. Um, otherwise, let's see. Let's get moving first. He's on Twitter at JakeSki52. I'm at JHelpin37. If you have questions following this, listening to this show. All right. So the buys are over. Mm-hmm. So if you're carrying backups and to protect yourself for depth, you don't need to in certain cases anymore, right? Yeah, I'd say they're about, you know, the top eight to even 10 quarterbacks. If you own one of them, you probably feel pretty good about it. And you you can look at the rest of the schedule. Maybe one's got a really tough matchup when the other has got an easy matchup and you can talk yourself into it. But in most cases, your second, definitely your second kicker in defense can be dropped, gone. Don't even think about carrying a second one. But in most cases, your backup quarterback can be gone, too. Yep. All right. Um, let's get to the uh, quarterbacks. Last year, we talked about Lamar Jackson. So Lamar, let me check. I'm going to check ESPN scoring. Mm-hmm. I know I know. Uh, in DFS scoring, he had me 22. I know I chased him after a big last week, and, and he still was productive because, because of the rushing yet again. Um, but now that situation's getting a lot murkier, John. Uh, I mean, Joe Flacco, we're seeing stuff. Well, maybe he's going to split snaps with Lamar Jackson, and it's going to be a really weird situation. Both are probably going to be in play in two quarterback leagues, but uh, relying on Lamar Jackson as you're attempting to lock down a playoff spot might not be the wisest just this week. No, agreed. Yeah, because Harbaugh's being cagey, which is no help to any of us. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and don't expect that to change. He's going to do his best Bill Belichick possible and, and not tell anybody until kickoff. So I'm looking at Lamar Jackson. So last week when we talked about him, the stat line that he put up is about the stat line that I was hoping for. I said, mm-hmm. look, I think what you probably get out of this guy is 150 yards passing in a touchdown and at least 50 yards rushing in a touchdown. Well, he exceeded that a little bit. I mean, he did mm-hmm. throw two picks. Yeah, with a couple picks. What that got him was QB 15, which is not great. I mean, as a plug in for Goff or or Mahomes, it was fine. But I I would think Lamar Jackson, last year I was very, last week I was very bullish on Lamar Jackson, and right now I'm not because I, I look at this game and I like the numbers I see from him. I look and I go, yeah, this looks about right. Mm-hmm. And, it's a Q- yeah, I mean, and it's a QB 15 line. 
for the yeah, league on ESPN. For, yeah, if it weren't for Flacco coming back, you'd look and be like, okay, at Atlanta 31st against QBs, at Kansas City 29th against QBs versus Tampa Bay 28th against QBs. You'd be like, dang, he's going to be my playoff quarterback. But now we have this little split that's going to happen. And, yeah, you might need to start looking in another direction for that. Yeah, so it's not it, not as great as I thought it would be with these numbers. So, um, anyway, Lamar Jackson still, I think he's over the ownership threshold at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he should be. And he should be held on to just in case, you know, maybe something, maybe Flacco comes back too early and it doesn't work out for him. He's got two really juicy playoff matchups. But for now, thank him for getting you there. And, uh move him safely to your bench yeah that's fine ben don't cut because yeah he's still he's still productive and still you know going to be a guy who puts up decent numbers for you when he plays most likely um mm-hmm. other ones last week Jameis was solid colt mccoy eh, not so much so this week so ryan Tannehill is gonna be home against the bills and the bills have a good defense Tannehill's been mm-hmm. Tannehill's been okay yeah and the last I- week's numbers let's see let me pull them up here I mean, he was 17 for 25 with 204 yards and two touchdowns against the Colts. And the Colts are a better matchup than we're going to get here mm-hmm. against Buffalo. Uh, New England's a little bit, you know, softer on defense, but you got Minnesota, Jacksonville, who's kind of a mess, and then Buffalo again. Um, I just felt that he was a tad higher up. You know, you could argue that he falls in this group, but I just felt like he, the fact that he's starting, and at this time last week we thought we were going to have Brock Osweiler still, I felt like he was a tad higher than some of these two QB league guys we're going to discuss, but the rest of the season schedule certainly knocks him down a slight peg. Right. Okay. I mean, otherwise, Mariota's up against the Jets. Now, I know the Jets' defense hasn't been bad, but Mariota's been playing well when healthy, and he's mm-hmm. 32% owned on Yahoo. So I think we can consider him as well. Yeah, he, he could very well be the top stream option this week. I mean, the, the Texans' defense is, is solid. They're one of those fantasy defenses that you keep and probably start the rest of the way out, almost regardless of matchup. And, and Mariota was able to be productive in, in this situation. They got off to a hot start, and then they kind of let it go quickly. Um, but he could be the top streaming guy, but his availability might not be the same as you know some of these other guys. And, and definitely he'll have been held on to in two quarterback leagues. All right, so um, otherwise, uh, San Francisco, the 49ers, uh, Nick Mullins had a rough game. Kyle Shanahan said it as said as much. They might be going back to C.J. Beathard. I don't think we want any part of him against this at Seattle <laughs> this week. Mm, yeah, um, yuck. <laughs> same thing for the backups that are going to play now for the Bengals. Uh, that's Jeff Driscoll and Cody Kessler for the Jags. No dice there. So Mitchell Trubisky might not play. We, we mm. don't, right now, it's not that we're pessimistic. It's that... The the story is, you know, his status is uncertain. Yeah, still. not 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 guaranteed, and, and as things with the AC joint in the shoulder often are, it's just not not guaranteed. So if you're holding on to Chase Daniel in a two quarterback league, maybe you don't cut him yet until you start to see how these guys practice during the week. Right, I think, and we'd have to. Uh, I mean, the Giants aren't a pushover against opposing fantasy quarterbacks, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, the Bears' offense is pretty solid, and the thing is, they the way they played Daniel, they they kept him out of trouble. So mm-hmm. it was a lot of the, the Giants ball in are hands. Exactly. Do you think the Giants are tanking already, though? No. A controversial thing. I mean, they're what, what three and eight or you know whatever that was, and and they did not give the ball to Saquon in the I second half. No. That's suspicious to me. I don't know. Maybe it's just a salty DFS owner here, but uh, I, I don't understand what they're doing. I don't understand what they did on Sunday either because they had that game and that wrapped up and they they gave it away. Mm-hmm. Um, also, any interest at all? I mean, the Eagles secondary. I mean, the Giants. You beat them up pretty good in the first half, and then, as you said, they stopped. You know, why give the ball to Saquon or throw it to Odell in the second? Because that would make too much sense. But I mean, the Eagles are playing fourth, fifth, sixth string corners at this point. 
Do you have any interest in Colt McCoy? There's some DFS GPP appeal, but probably not in single quarterback leagues. I, I know Colt McCoy probably makes some of those secondary options a little bit better, but uh, and so maybe you, you give like a Jordan Reed or some of the receivers a slight bump against that secondary. But in a single quarterback league, I don't think you should have too tough of a time finding 12 to 14 better options. Okay, so let's say you had Mitchell Trubisky. You have Mitchell Trubisky. Mm-hmm. And you find out on Friday that he's not playing. Do you, what order are you going after Mariota, Tannehill, or Daniel? After Mariota, Tannehill, or Daniel? Yeah. I guess, I guess McCoy. McCoy, does, too, right. Yeah. <clears throat> McCoy would win that one. Um, Tannehill, Daniel. And Mariota. Um, yeah. So, so uh, I, I mean, Mariota's first, right? And then we go McCoy. And then, oh, yuck, uh, probably Daniel and then Tannehill. Oh, geez. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, Tannehill falls lower on that list. I know I separated him out a little bit, but uh, okay. I, I, the Buffalo matchup makes it tough. All right, so drop candidates. I, you know, Dalton's on the list. Bortles is certainly on the list, even if he might get his job back, I would think. Uh, mm-hmm. I keep saying Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I, I don't think there's really much of a reason to own him in this case. Uh, no. you, like, even in your last dilemma, like you, you say Mitchell Trubisky was your quarterback, but you, you drafted him to be your backup. There's got to be somebody else in play, right? Uh, probably. I mean, depending mm-hmm. on how your season went. But I, yeah, I agree with you. Um, because he, even if you played on the played the weight on a quarterback game, Trubisky was probably your backup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I got Trubisky as my backup in a 14-team auction for a buck. So nice. <laughs> there we go. And But I've... As soon as uh, Jared Goff finally went on a buy in that week, uh, of course, Trubisky gets hurt. So started Dalton and, and definitely lost because of that. But that's a whole different topic entirely. <laughs> All right. Um, running backs. Last week, we were everybody we, we talked about was pretty good, except for maybe Theoretic. Um, Gus Edwards had another nice game. Josh Adams seems to be the man now in Philly. Um, mm-hmm. LeGarrette Blunt. Okay, Jalen Richard caught passes as usual. Royce Freeman was the guy who didn't hit that we talked about last week. Uh, Philip Lindsay seems to have. Mm-hmm. If, if you were hoping for it, I think I said to Tim yesterday, I think with, was this Freeman's second week back from injury? Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. if you were hoping for a, him to get more of the timeshare, now you need to hope for an injury if you're a Royce Freeman owner because Phil yeah, is too damn good. Mm-hmm. I was so convinced at the start of the year that you know Freeman was the better back because so many teams had a chance to go after Lindsay and, and obviously passed on him. And and Freeman came in with the pedigree and was just more physically imposing and and it just hasn't turned out that way. That's what that's just one of those things that uh, if you picked him up early on, you suddenly have yourself a pretty dang close to an every week starter if you're twelve team or deeper. You sure do. Um, all right, so so the the Lions play against the Rams at home. Mm-hmm. They are without Marvin Jones. They traded Golden Tate. Karen Johnson's status is TBD. Legarrette Blunt. Under 20% ownership in Yahoo and ESPN. On Thanksgiving Day, he ran 19 for 88 and 2. Um, Derek and I talked about him last Friday. Not that you think the guy's great, but if they're going to, you know, if they're going to get a running touchdown, 90% chance that he's going to get it. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what, what do you do? How, how much do you like LeGarrette Blunt here, even though there's, there's some uncertainty involved with the, mm-hmm. with the Lions running back situation? Yeah, so just to kind of put it into some context, like there, there are situations where I'd use them. I'm in a 12 teamer that I'm actually in first place in, but my running back situation is rough. I've got David Johnson, number one, but then my RB two has been flipping between it's full PPR. So Jalen Richard, I've also got Royce Freeman and Derek Henry on my bench. It, when it comes down to, you know, Richard Freeman and Henry, 
I would maybe elevate LeGarrette Blunt, you know, potentially ahead of those guys. Um, and we don't know what's going on with Carrion Johnson. His status is so t- closely tied to that of Carrion Johnson. When Johnson comes back, he's going to get those carries, it, and it's a sprained knee. We're not super descriptive there. I, it's one of those where we'll have to wait and see where the practice report goes. But if it becomes a multi-week thing, um, the first playoff week, he's got the Cardinals, and they're the second to wor- they're the second worst team as far as opposing running backs go. Points allowed to opposing running backs. So there's a nice favorable matchup in there uh, the week after if you can get through this week. So. Yeah, LeGarrette Blunt's still in play, but that's one of those where you're watching the practice report all week. If you have to make a bid on him now and he wasn't taken before, yeah, I mean, you you should be able to get him for 11 or 12 bucks, I would think. All right. Um, next up, the situation in with the Chargers. Melvin Gordon's out at least this week. The reports are a few weeks. So Eckler is the guy you want, but yeah. Eckler is 71% owned on Yahoo. So... Mm-hmm you're probably not getting him. You know, I mean, you could look, you should look, but you're probably not yeah. getting him. Well, the reason it's only 71% and not close to 100 is because there were probably some 10-team leagues or maybe even some 18-team leagues where Eckler, nobody bothered to get Eckler just because there wasn't, you know, the player pool didn't go deep enough in those leagues. Now suddenly, if you're in, even if you're in 10-team or maybe even less, like Eckler needs to be owned just because, especially if it's a PPR league, um, because the guy's going to get, I think he caught double-digit passes last week and is, has massive potential to do things like that. So he would be the first name you should type in just to do due diligence, even though you're probably moving on to some next ones because he'll be taken, of course. Okay. But now you got to look at Justin Jackson because the thing with Eckler is that they he's a little guy and they don't, he'll get the ball plenty, but they don't want to give him the ball ideally you know, 25 times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if they can continue, you know, streaking and, and get into the playoffs, um, they're going to, Eckler's still going to be part of their game plan when a healthy Melvin Gordon is around. Someone like Justin Jackson won't. And now it's tough to take his, his stat line from Sunday, seven carries for 57 yards. Very nice. It's tough to take that and, and decide what that means because this was a 45, 10 blowout over the Cardinals. And like we said in the previous example, the Cardinals are one of the worst rushing defenses in the league. Uh, that being said, let's look at Justin Jackson's pedigree. I mean, you know, you know, not super physically imposing Five eleven, one ninety nine. 199. He was a seventh round pick from Northwestern had, you know, fourth, seasons of 1100 yards in a row at Northwestern. So there were a lot of, uh, a lot of tread on those tires from that, you know, 22 years old, you know, trying to try to see what we know about him in a short sample size. He was good at breaking tackles and he was good at average yards after contact. However, again, the matchup needs to be considered in this situation, but I think there's, there's 10 carries in here over a full game, maybe more if he gets hot and we start to see some of that, you know, if he can get downhill and keep that average yards per carry up. Uh, but, you know, he only played 13 offensive snaps, 16 snaps on special teams. He'll have more of a role. They got Pittsburgh this week. It's a little bit of a tough matchup. But if Gordon's absence extends, uh, which it very well could, a grade two MCL sprain, we've got the Bengals who are dead last against running backs and the Chiefs that are 30th against running backs. And and even in the fantasy playoffs, there are going to be situations where both Eckler and Jackson are both viable to start in those two matchups. Okay, so word of caution here about Justin Jackson. So they were up uh, big on the Cardinals this week. Mm-hmm. In week seven, Melvin Gordon was out. Eckler was on the field for 95% of snaps. Jackson was on for 11. And in that game, home for Tennessee, Jackson got two carries and caught one pass. He was on the field for 11 snaps. 
I think it was five snaps. Are we looking at the five same snaps. thing? Sorry, 11, 11, 11 special teams. 11 snaps. special yep. team snaps and 11% of the snaps, but five snaps total. So mm-hmm. I, I put it this way. If I'm, I, I could see taking a, a shot at Justin Jackson on the wire this week. I could not see starting him in week 13. That would I would have to be in an extremely desperate situation and yeah. and hoping for a lottery ticket. Yeah, that's very fair. So I mean, this is one where you could where I, I, I'm most definitely going to do this. I'm I'm going to pick him up, like you said, not start him. And if he does get a decent snap share against Pittsburgh, then I'm starting to think, okay, maybe yeah. if Melvin Gordon's out, these next two matchups are a lot juicier because this Cincinnati matchup, Week 14. You know, we talked about okay, I, I, or Jackson was productive in a 45 to 10 blowout. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what that's what Week 14 is going to look like. I mean, that's what anyone who plays the Bengals is going to look like the rest of this year. So there's a there's a chance where you would actually consider starting him if Week 13 works out well. Gotcha. All right. Um, next up, so Leonard Fournette suspended for this week. So your your one week rentals. TJ Yeldon mm-hmm. is owned in sixty percent of Yahoo leagues, sixty percent of ESPN leagues. So you probably you, you're gonna have trouble getting him. You'll have less trouble getting Carlos Hyde. Thirty seven percent Yahoo, thirty nine percent ESPN. Um, they're playing home against Indy, which is not at the toughest spot. You would think they're gonna lean on the run with Kessler playing. Um. Near the goal line, I like Yeldon. I really do. Every time Fournette's out, I get excited to get Yeldon. And I pick him up at DFS because I go, oh, great. He's going to catch five or six passes, and he's going to run 10 times. Yeah, but, I mean, more excited in the PPR format because he's the guy who will who will go out on those screens and short passes and stuff. Hides more of the bruiser that is it's, – it's similar to that. We talked about the Theo Riddick-Legaric Blunt breakdown. You know, Yeldon is the Theo Riddick uh, with maybe a little more upside than Riddick, and Hyde is the Legaric Blunt. Um hopefully can reach that same ceiling if he gets a similar type of workload. Right. Okay. So this past week, I'm trying to see what we had in these guys. It was hard to tell with Fournette. You know, they were kind of all on the field. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd rather have Yeldon, but I could see Hyde getting the touchdowns. Yeah. And I don't know that I love either one. So mm-hmm. right. against Buffalo, uh, Hyde was on the field for 16 snaps and 10 of those were rushing plays only came out with uh, 33 yards. Uh, two of those rushes were inside the red zone, but of course he didn't score. So, it's a tough one, but I think he, I think he's going to crack the top three this week um, because of what they want to do and because of a, you know, a, a mediocre matchup. The Colts are at number eighteen against opposing running backs this year. Okay. Um, the other thing we got to worry about another uh, injury. Fournette's not an injury, but um, Marlon Mack in the concussion protocol for the Colts. So we got to, mm-hmm. you know, keep an eye on that one. If he is out, so now you got Naheem Hines. 22% on Yahoo, 30% ESPN, and Jordan Wilkins, who's low single digits on both. Um, they're different guys. Like you would think you would think that Wilkins is the nominal, you know, early down back, and Hines is the little super duper fast guy who's gonna be on the field on passing downs, but he's probably a little more than that. He's such he's such a playmaker that they like to get him on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a he's a good pickup, and he's one that missed originally. So thanks for adding that one in. Uh, he he becomes relevant with the Marlon Mack concussion, of course. But the upcoming schedule for the playoffs gets it, it's very very tough. At Jacksonville, second against opposing backs. At Houston, ninth against opposing backs. Versus Dallas, fifth against opposing backs. So while there is like a little bit of short term upside, and maybe maybe even enough for him to crack the top three, um, I think that. God, it's, it's it's really, really tough to count on either of these guys moving forward. I think you could start Hines this week in a PPR format if Mac doesn't play. But other than that, I'd probably stay away from this. Okay. 
Um, yeah, I like it. I think I'd have to be digging to, to play Heinz, especially in a no buy week. Um, otherwise here, Rex Burkhead probably getting activated. Um, I'm not interested. Are you? No, I mean, we've got a healthy James White and a healthy Sony Michelle, and that seems to be plenty for New England. Uh, there could be one weird Rex Burkhead game the rest of the season, but that, all that's going to do is tick off uh, Michelle or, or White owners. It's not going to actually help anybody because you're, you're completely rolling the dice if you try to start him. He's somewhat of a handcuff if you're still into that, which I wouldn't be in that situation mm-hmm. because there's not a clear, you know, if one guy gets hurt, there's still one other one to deal with. Yeah. Um, who, who do you like best? I've I've wavered on this constantly. I have been back and forth here. Um, I like I guess I like Jackson best. See, here's how I see, I see this. I would rather take the lottery ticket on Jackson than someone like you know Legarrette Blunt or Carlos Hyde, who are going to who their utility is going to just evaporate after one week and right. they're not going to help you after that. Jackson, on the other hand, maybe he doesn't help you so much this week, but then you've got two really really nice looking weeks after that. You could actually think about starting him. Uh, in your fantasy playoffs, so that starts to um, that's where it wears on me. You pick up Carlos Hyde for this week, of course, uh, you know, but then you, you cut him again. He goes back to irrelevance after Fournette comes back because clearly Fournette's the best back that's going to dominate there. But you know, most of these guys are short-term rentals. Jackson's the only one with a chance that could sneak utility deeper. Okay, so if you are if you are playing the wire for just week thirteen, mm-hmm. who's first? Assuming Carryon Johnson's out, who's first? Okay, I was going to say that's a you, you completed my sentence there, John. I was going to I was going to say Legarrette Blunt's number one of Kerry and Johnson's. So I'll I'll trust that again, even though it's a little TD dependent, and he does have potential to let you down. Blunt's first, then Hyde, then Hines. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Okay. Um, drop candidates. There's a lot. Now that we're off the buys, and, mm-hmm. and there's guys who, who are, whose usage is going. I mean, Royce Freeman. Freeman's, it's, Freeman's a handcuff at this point, which you don't really want to do. So you mm-hmm. can drop, you could drop him, I think, right? Yeah, I have him in a 12-teamer. He's not going to be my first drop this week, only because I picked up a second kicker for Z- Greg Zerline. Got it. <laughs> and, and that'll be gone. But he's definitely getting there as I start to look at some of these other guys. Um, Duke Johnson has become the invisible man in Cleveland. We kind of hoped that with Hyde out of the way, he might get some work. And I think the first week he did, and then after that, it stopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he can probably go. I mean, there's there's a, if you're in a 14, 16 PPR league, uh, I guess there's a spot for him, maybe. But uh, if you have a tough decision to make, um, he can probably be on the chopping block as yeah. well. I would agree with you there. Duke, the last two weeks, 17 and eight last two games, 17 and 18 snaps. So mm-hmm. uh, that's tough for him. Uh, Ito Smith, that the bloom is off that rose. Now, we mm-hmm. a, a few weeks ago, we were, you know, we we were all looking to play him because you said, hey, the Falcons' offense is getting better, and this is the guy who runs near the goal line. Now he's just getting – he's not doing much. I mean, the last, last three games, he's carried 14 times for 21 yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, now you definitely – you can. the other thing is week 13, he's got Baltimore, best defense against opposing right. backs too. So if there's a time – if you're thinking about cutting him, now would be the time – 
if you wanted to roster him as an emergency flyer week 15 when they got the Cardinals, then that's a possibility, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, he can go too. Okay. And the last ones, do you care about the non-Carson backs in Seattle anymore? No, but there are situations in where you, where you might keep them. I mean, I think you can hang on to Rashad Penny and, and hope that he has – that he shows something throughout the rest of the season, especially like I've got Chris Carson in one league and that is the only exposure I have to any Seattle backs for the most part. It's a situation to avoid unless you're in a dynasty format. Okay. Let's get to wide receivers. Last week we talked about DJ Moore. Another nice week. Traquan Smith, who did not play Christian Kirk, who's just kind of meh. Josh Reynolds, who was off, but the week before did well. And Kiki QT, who got hurt on Monday night. Hopefully it's not too bad. Is it bad? Do we, do we know anything about that? I didn't see I, I will check. I have not seen anything yet this morning when I checked the Rotowire top news. I got it right um, here. Hold on. I got, I got trending in the right direction is our latest headline. Day to day. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's what we're probably looking at. It's a hamstring injury, which can get tricky. So Adam Humphreys is 30% owned on Yahoo, 28% ESPN. This guy, he's not, he's not sexy, right? You look at him. I mean, we don't know why we look at him and dismiss him. <laughs> but he, you know, he's producing in, in yeah, the last, I, well, last four games, 19 catches, four touchdowns since their week five by he's averaged 14.6 PPR points a game over seven total games. That's what did it for me. I was like, wow, he's actually somewhat consistent. I keep putting Julian Edelman in my lineup because, okay, he's going to get a decent amount of targets. You know, he's decent in my PPR leagues, but difference between someone like Edelman and someone from, and someone like Humphreys isn't a whole lot. And the matchup this week against Carolina, now maybe they'll be a little more tuned into him, but he did have eight for 82 and two scores the first time they played this week. Um, and then after that, you know, he's got New Orleans, which is another nice matchup. He's a wide receiver three in the fantasy playoffs. I don't know if he's a wide receiver three on a title winning team, but if you're looking to, good, to catch lightning in a bottle during the playoffs, which definitely happens all the time in fantasy, there's this week and next week, he's a viable start. So if you look at the advanced stats on the Rotowire player pages, I'm looking at Humphreys. It's hilarious because, I mean, this, this, is the, this is such a slot guy. Average depth of target, 5.9 yards. He's literally, I mean, it, it looks like about the, he's about the f- fifth percentile in that. Air yards per snap, he's around the same. Percentage of team air yards, eight, which is way low. I mean, basically, everything's a, a, a very short pass. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, get some yak, which he's getting. I mean, he's getting plenty of yak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seven, seven yards after a catch. So, you know, a lot of little screens in there. He's got a high catch rate. Of course, you're going to get that when you have the short, the short uh, passes like that. Um, he's, he's the kind of PPR guy that you look for. He's obviously a little bit less attractive in non-PPR, but as he's shown throughout the year, he does have a little bit of big game potential. And now in the last four weeks, he scored four touchdowns and has scored at least once in three of the last four. So, And it's a nice little one-two coming up again with Carolina and New Orleans. Then it gets a lot tougher at Baltimore, at Dallas. He probably goes out of your lineup then, but if he can get you to the fantasy semifinals, go for it. And by the way, the Panthers might be down a corner. Dante Jackson got hurt the other day, so what they were doing is they were moving their slot corners outside because they only had four active corners, and two of them were slot mm-hmm. guys. So you, and he's still got to cover Mike Evans. Yep, that's right. Um, so... That's that there. Otherwise, all right, Josh Gordon. You want to talk about Josh Gordon? Josh Doxson, don't you? 
I mean, I, I had to throw it out there. I mean, he had 10 targets and he had 11, 12 PPR points. That's viable. We'll start to see him. I'm, nothing needs to be said more than that. I've said all I need to on Josh Dobbs, and I just <laughs> kind of wrote it in, in an honorable mention. He's a wide receiver three in, in a league where I am uh, unfortunately probably not going to make the playoffs, but he's ownable in a pinch, and I know that we're in less pinches now that bye weeks are over. Um, but he's one of those watch list guys, or he's definitely worth a bench spot to see if he catches fire in the last part of the year. All right. Otherwise, uh, Jermaine Curse had a nice day. But for me, I feel like I've seen this before and I don't trust. You know, I, I've mm-hmm. been down this road and then I get the two for nine out of him. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an ugly week for wide receivers, really. All, all the waiver pickups this week are running backs. And that's where most of the fab money should be going unless you're going after Humphreys. Toxin, uh, Curse. I mean, these types of guys are, are guys that aren't going to be in your starting lineup necessarily. They just get honorable mentions because they had noteworthy target games and we always follow the targets. All right. And uh, Mike Williams for the Chargers. I, I'm, you know, I'm, my no Williams rule has been in effect for a few weeks. No mm-hmm. Charger Williamses. And uh, Mike yeah. Williams made me look dumb on that one. In week yeah, 12. I mean Ty- Tyrell Williams came back. He he had he had an injury issue this week, but he was he was playing. Um, it could very well be Tyrell that gets the two touchdowns next week. For all we know, that's kind of a crapshoot. Mike Williams has not had more than four targets since week three. Yeah, I remember everyone got excited about him uh, as a rookie, and then he got hurt, and then we thought, oh dang, is he ever going to play football again? And now he's back, but he's not back. He doesn't seem to be back with the same fire. Or at least they're not using him as such now. Maybe they depend more on Rivers on the passing game in the absence of Melvin Gordon. A lot of those targets are going to go to Eckler as well. So I don't know. It, it, it was just worth a note if you're sifting through box scores. I wanted to just touch on it. All right, guys, I want to talk about who are under the threshold. Uh, Willie Sneed with Lamar Jackson has been busy. I mean, it's sort of mm-hmm. a low, f- a, a reasonable floor, low ceiling PPR yeah. guy. He's been busy for most of the season. He's He's been a great fill-in in PPR leagues for bye weeks, but now that bye weeks are done, I don't know, you maybe try to look for someone with more upside, but if you do stick him in as your wide receiver three, you definitely aren't taking a zero, whether it's Flacco or Lamar Jackson at quarterback. By the way, if you know if Lamar Jackson's quarterback, John Brown's pretty much like droppable. He's definitely he's, not startable. He's toast, absolutely. Um, I, I said to Tim yesterday that, that Lamar Jackson has killed fantasy John Brown. Um mm-hmm. So another guy, Taylor Gabriel, last two weeks, seven catches on nine and eight targets. And I think the interesting thing here is last week when when I heard the news that Trubisky wasn't going to play, the two names that popped into my head were Gabriel and Cohen. And it worked, and it, and it worked out that way that that they were going to make things simple for Daniel. And he wasn't going to throw downfield, which we can see through you know the air yards and all that stuff. But um, so so that sort of takes Robinson and and to a lesser extent Burton out of the equation and replaces them with with the guys who they can get the ball at the line of scrimmage and hopefully they make plays and Gabriel and Cohen are those two guys. Yeah, exactly. I mean, before the Trubisky switch to Chase Daniel due to injury here, someone like Anthony Miller had scored four times in the last six games, mm-hmm. just three for forty one on Thanksgiving. That flips right back, though, for me, if uh, we get Trubisky back. Agreed. Because Trubisky and Anthony Miller were just starting to kind of make a connection. I feel like and he, he even had, uh, you know, so Anthony Miller against Detroit with Trubisky, 5 for 122 in his score, with Chase Daniel against Detroit, 3 for 41. Um, you know, four targets in, the, in that latter game, six targets in the former game. So that flips right back for me if uh, there's a quarterback change. All right, some, some low-owned flyers here. First, I want to say, the, the one that I would advise against is Curtis Samuel, just because they're using him as more of a gadget guy. 
even though he's yes. playing more. If, even if Funches is out again, they're using him as, and even against the Bucks. Like I could see it. I could see you wanting to use him against the Bucks if Funches is out, but they're still using him as a. You know, it, it's not like he's turned. He's going to turn into some high volume wide receiver. He's going to be a poor man's Deshaun Jackson. You know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. hey, yeah, maybe fair. he'll get a seventy yard touchdown, and maybe he'll run thirty yards for a touchdown. But the odds of him getting five targets are not great. I, I, I'm with you on that one, Joe. All right. Um, other guy, David Moore, four catches two week, in in two straight weeks. Any interest there? Someone started David Moore against me last week, oh, and it's a fourteen really? team league. And I'm thinking, what in the heck is happening? I I played against uh, David Moore and Legarrette Blunt last week, and I'm thinking, man, she's. I hope you bought lottery tickets this week, buddy, because you got incredibly lucky. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if uh, if if that can continue. Uh, I know Doug Baldwin is not 100%. hasn't been 100% all year, but we kind of forgot about that because he's not really on the injury report or in danger of missing starts. Tyler Lockett's the best receiver over there. Um, is there room for more? It's going to be hit or miss, and I wouldn't start him in the fantasy playoffs. Chances are, if you're in a position to make the playoffs, you're not in a position to have to start David Moore. Got it. Um Bruce Ellington with all the injuries in Detroit, any interest at all? Somebody's got to pick him up, but, or, I mean, somebody's got to pick up those targets, but I don't know if it's going to be him and that they're going to get really creative with spreading the ball around here. The only real safe option there, probably Ken Galladay. He's got Ellington six catches in each of the last two games, 16 on 16 targets. So do you put him in the same frame as like a Willie Sneed then, just because some of that volume's consistent, but he's not going to wow you? Uh, maybe. Like I could see that one. I mean, mm-hmm. he's not gonna, you know, knock my socks off here, but he could be okay. Gotcha. Um, and the last one, Robert Foster on the Bills. Like I, I don't want to trust anyone that has Josh Allen throwing him the ball. So Josh Allen's got a cannon, though. <laughs> he does have a cannon. That's true. <laughs> so <laughs> he so, he's so who's it. the on that on that Bills team? Who's the deep guy that's just gonna run sixty yards downfield and and just hope for the best? Is it him? Possibly. It probably. I mean, who? I mean, if it's not Zay Jones, it's him, and he mm-hmm. seems like more of that type of guy. So, yeah. I mean, you know, he's a, he. I'm looking at the measurables. He 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 runs a four four. You know, okay. he's big enough. He's fast. He you know blew by everybody in that touchdown last week. Average depth of target twenty eight yards. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a great here, stat. Here, yeah, here's me trying to get uh, get creative here. If you're in a best ball format that allows mid season transactions, then sure, there's a spot for him. On the <laughs> there team. you go. Oh, yeah, the volume's not high, but two week two weeks in a row he's had big plays, so it's at least worth discussing, I guess. Um, all right, what's what's your order? Three, three. Give me the top three. I, I wrote down. I wrote Humphreys, Doxon, Blah. Because <laughs> after that, there's just there's not a whole lot. I, you know, Humphreys because it's clear what he's done so far, and those stats stand out to me. Doxon because of my weird Doxon fetish, and what else do we got here? I mean, I I guess Snead because he's not exciting, but is is consistent. See, the weird thing with well, Snead's been fine with either quarterback, so I guess he's okay. Gabriel's the one who's more QB dependent. Yeah, so. exactly. And, and and at this stage on Tuesday at 11.42 Eastern time, we don't know if it's Trubisky or Daniel. Thank, and, and we don't know anything about Baltimore. Thank you, John Harbaugh, for being cagey. Um, mm-hmm. Drop candidates, Marvin Jones on IR. You got to cut him. Would you cut Golden Tate in a standard league at this point? In a standard league, in a standard league that is 12 teams or under, he would be on the chopping block. But yeah. not my first choice. But And your tough decisions are limited a little bit now that uh, – 
I mean, would you cut Golden Tate for Adam Humphreys? Uh, that's really the decision you have to make. And I don't know if I, I'm not sure. You know, I I don't want to because of the name. But if you did blind resumes, you'd be like, wow, I'd rather have Humphreys. He'd clearly be the guy I want. But right. the name makes me think that if the Eagles are going to get hot, they're going to do it with getting Golden Tate involved in some capacity. Okay. Um, and Adam Humphreys' fantasy playoff schedule, not great. Yes. So at Baltimore, at yep. Dallas in 15 and 16. As we yeah, talked about. next two for Humphreys, awesome. Two after that, not so great. So it's a pretty short-term thing. All right, tight ends. Last week we talked about Johnny Smith, uh, Cameron Brait. Johnny did well. Cameron Brait caught a touchdown. Um, maybe the Rams. I'm still not buying on Gerald Everett. Um, Johnny had a really nice, that really nice touchdown that we talked about earlier. He's still 20% owned. I want to mm-hmm. check on Ebron. On his ownership Way too percentage, high. I looked. I, I looked, and it was like 90 percent. Is it? 80? Like, I was wondering I, yeah. if it was seventy that'd be worth a look, but it's ninety-two. It's funny. I think mm-hmm. I said to Tim yesterday, talking about how I was telling you know telling people to not play Ebron the last two weeks because the snap and last week because because his snaps were down so low, and then I'm probably looking at some people looking at his stat line, going, "What? Why are these idiots telling me to sit a tight end with ten touchdowns?" Yeah, yeah, that's the tough part. I mean, yeah, I told someone on in a different interview this week to start having Ingram over him. Like, oh, jeez. Yeah. So, sorry, buddy. But I mean, exactly. He, all those touchdowns, but he's almost having less snaps in a game than touchdowns he has on a season. Right. So you, so you get into that and, you know, we're big proponents of follow the snaps. But I mean, without Jack Doyle, now he Way becomes up. a top five. He's already a top five tight end. He's easily a top five tight end rest of the season now. He's he's very he's been very frustrating. But if he's frustrated you now, now it's, you know. Pat, the, the 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 lane is wide. The road's wide open for Eric Ebron. Okay, yeah. it's such a hard thing to go into the fantasy playoffs with because you would prefer more consistency, but you're not necessarily going to get it. No, I'm good going into the fantasy playoffs with Ebron. Mm-hmm. With with the Doyle oh, yeah, injury, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you, the 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 snaps will go up a little bit, or a lot of it. Uh, you know, one would assume. Um, but there is a little bit of bust potential in there sure. too. We can't, yeah, we can't. Uh, but it's Eric the Ebron. There's always any, bust potential, yeah, as is the case with any tight end na- not named Kelsey or Ertz. So I yeah. guess that's fair. Um, Jeff Hyman uh, is uh, out for the season for the Broncos, so Matt Lacoste would be next. Eh, whatever. Um, Chris Herndon. Scored a touchdown. Be, I feel like I'm the only person who likes Chris Herndon. Mm-hmm. Well, because of these uh, because of these shows that we've been doing, uh, the league one of the leagues that I'm in first place, and I have Gronk. But I also have Jonu Smith and Chris Herndon. Yes. And I certainly am not cutting Jonu Smith or Chris Herndon, but it's just like, what do I do with those You're guys? Right. I can't trade them anymore. Um, do I really need to be keeping three tight ends? But if I drop one of them, somebody I play in the playoffs that is because of the situation, the tight end situation that's so dire this year, somebody that I play in the playoffs is going to pick them up and possibly use them to beat me. So it's just like, I guess I'll keep them. Chris Herndon is owned in 8% of Yahoo League since his three-game touchdown streak ended. He's had three more games in which he's caught 14 passes for 151, 53 yards. Not too shabby. You could do worse. Yeah. Many of us have. All right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you like him probably over a Matt Lacoste because at least he's been doing it for some weeks, you know? So who do you, if you could get Brait, because Brait's available in a lot of ESPN leagues, who would you rather have, John or Brait? I'd rather have Brait. I think I would. But it's close. Uh, would you rather and and does uh, does Herndon factor into that mix? See, I, I see Jono and Herndon as, as similar. I would, I think, because of 
I guess because I, maybe I've seen more of Johnny, but after watching that game last night and watching that touchdown and watching his volume go up a little bit and with a healthy Mariota, I would put Johnny number two behind Braid, followed by Herndon at number three. Okay, and drop candidates. We talked about Jack Doyle. He's out for the season, so you can get rid of him. All right, streaming defense is a lot of good options this week. A lot, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot. Yeah, yeah. if you're mixing and matching, uh, now's not the time to stop. Okay, who, who would you so, – so our candidates here, we've got – I mean, in, in all, all under 40% owned, the Seahawks home, where, where are the Colts? That's the one I need to check. The Colts are, what's, what's the ownership percentage on the Colts? They're, they're at they're Jacksonville. Uh, yeah, they're at Jacksonville. I don't have the ownership percentage thing up, but yeah, they're on the road at Jacksonville and Cody Kessler. So they were the first one that I had noticed because I had picked them up in a 16-teamer mm-hmm. and I'm going yeah. to not cut them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it roll again. And I don't, I don't think the ownership percentage is that high. 45%. Maybe so. getting up there because they were a good stream last week. All right. But still in the ballpark, possibly they're gettable. What was the Seahawks? So that's the one that I'm starting to get more and more intrigued by. Um, the Seahawks are so, – okay, so there's a lot of teams here. You like the Dolphins at home against the Bills. The Dolphins are 11% owned, right? The Seahawks mm-hmm. at home against the 49ers are in pretty good shape. They're only 27% owned. Mm. Um, okay. I think the the Titans at home against the Jets are where are you Titans? Got to be around here somewhere. Are they too high? All right, I lost yeah, they them. Might be. Yeah, they no, might they're be. not. They're twenty four percent owned, so they're home hmm. against Josh McCown. The Falcons are at home against maybe an interception prone Lamar Jackson. That's I mean you got to think about that one, right? Yeah, if it's Lamar Jackson, you do have to think about it, but we still don't know what that situation is going to be. Right, we don't, and that's that's a really that makes it a hard one. That puts them at the bottom of this list, I think. So, so mm-hmm. you've got your your candidates here: Indy, Seattle. Let's throw Atlanta out of the picture. Indy, mm-hmm. Seattle, Buffalo, Tennessee. Rank them. It's 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 Miami who would be at home against Buffalo, oh, not sorry. Buffalo right. on the yeah, because you know. I think Seattle checks in at number one, whether it's Mullins, Bethard, what have you. Their defense has shown enough um, that they can continue, and they should be the number one option. They could very well, if they have a huge week, they could be one that you hang on to. Um, and then after that, it starts to get real tight between Miami and Indy for me. I'm going to keep Indy in my one league that I have them because it's easier than, than flip-flopping. Um, but Miami is home against Buffalo. Uh, over-under on that game is 40 and a half. That's as, that's as low as we're going to get. Um, I guess it depends if you'd rather go against Josh Allen or Sam Darnold right now. Um, but Sam Darnold then, course, probably it, won't play. The, the early word is that Darnold's probably not going to play, which actually hurts the cause of the Tennessee defense, I think. Yes. Okay, that's fair. So I would say Seahawks first. Um, then, you know, Indy was the first one that comes to mind, but I think I'm going to rank Miami ahead of them. So I'll go Seahawks, Dolphins, Colts. I, I, am, I am with you. Actually, I have Seahawks, Dolphins, Titans, and then Colts. But we agree on the first two. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, the Seahawks are the one that uh, you know I'm, I'm confident in the scheme and how they're set up and how they've been playing of late that they could be one. I need to check their rest of season schedule here real quick because they could be. I don't know. They're a team that could be used continuously when you've got you know someone like Bobby Wagner in the middle holding that down. Let's 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 check this rest of season. And by the schedule way, Seattle, here. I've got it in front of me. They are home. See, week 16, they've got the Chiefs, which is a tough one. The mm-hmm. Seahawks are home for four of their last five. 
That's going to help their case. Yes. This week, yep. they've got the Niners at home. Next week, they've got the Vikings at home. Not easy. Week after then they that, got the Niners again. Week after, yeah, week 15 at Niners. Then week 16, they're home for the Chiefs, which mm-hmm. does not – you are not playing them. No. No, you're not. So at least two of the next three, they're viable, which yep. gives them a little bit more added appeal to pick them up this week maybe. All right. Um, that's it again. He is at Jake is at Jake Ski fifty two on Twitter. I'm at Jay Hoppin thirty seven. You can also catch our main accounts at Rotowire and at Rotowire NFL. The latter is a uh, news feed. What else you got going on? Busy week, man. Uh, we got we got two UFC and one Bellator fight card this weekend. I just did a massive season long college basketball rankings update. Big Ten ACC challenges going on tonight. So hoping to do get involved with the DFS slate tonight. So stay tuned uh, to the site and uh, yeah yeah keep an eye out for everything and and between that. Let's get into these playoffs. Let's lock off those, lock down those spots this week, and hopefully win some titles. It's been it's been an awesome ride with you guys this year, and I hope it continues to be. Ne- next week, we are going to be talking. We are going to be preparing people for fantasy playoffs. Believe yes, that? It, it went it went so quick. We you know this is an awesome thing we do every week as part of our routine, and and it's always a pleasure to take a break from the from the other grind. And uh, now we're in the playoffs, and they're going to be just as important as ever to listen to. By the way, next Tuesday when we talk, we are also going to be recapping the Monday night Rutgers-Wisconsin men's basketball game. Ooh. You and me. Here we go. Brawling. Maybe I'll go. To, is, is that home or away? I don't even that's know. That's at Wisconsin. It's in Madison. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's right in my backyard over here. I could, you know, I could run to the stadium in less than two minutes if I had to. My Scarlet Knights are getting better. Upset. Yes. I'm calling yes. it. No, I'm not calling it. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. I, I threw one of those forwards. He was one of my biggest risers on the rankings at Omer Uni. I don't know if I can say his name right, yep. but uh, but he's one of the biggest. He's been an awesome producer this year, and he's someone that becomes viable in season-long formats. But oh, don't get me too started on that. I could go for days. Play your college basketball DFS. Everybody, Jake's going to help you out. Go check out his stuff at Rotowire, folks. Um, listeners to this podcast and get a free 10-day Rotowire trial, rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed for that. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Take a look now rotowire.com slash pod. Um, please leave us reviews and ratings wherever you're listening. We always appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Derek and I will be here on Thursday with our game-by-game preview of week 13. It's a busy week again. No buy. So please come on back then. For Jake Letarski, I'm John Halpin. See you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.